to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We're your host, Tim and Julie Harris, and we have a really cool show for you today. And this is one of those shows that we are uh, that we prepared for you based on um, requests from our listeners. And this, the topic of today's show, is seven traits of the best brokers, managers, and team leaders. And this is again, this is on the. Uh, you guys have requested this type of information. Office managers in particular, you guys are looking for some more guidance, more suggestions on who you should hire to help run your office. Team leaders, same types of things. So we're going to really drill down on the qualities and the characteristics of what it really truly takes to be a leader in the real estate industry. Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. I have a very quick shout out and hooray for one of our great premier coaching clients, if you're ready. Heck yeah, I know. Oh, you're talking about from the Facebook group. Yeah, we yes. listen, members. I, let's just remind them Premier Coaching members, Elite Coaching members, VIP Coaching members, you have got to be participating on that private Facebook group. It is really cool. The best aspect of the group is we have people with all different levels of experience. And I, here's what's really cool. And I think I know which one Julie's about to share with you guys is that when we have somebody who's new, like just got their real estate license, and they go out there and they start talking about the fact that they're going out there and taking listings, you would think the experienced agent would be like, oh, that's too basic for me. But what I find continuously is a new, a quote unquote, inexperienced agent who's going out there and kicking butt right out of the gates is incredibly motivational for our grizzled veterans who maybe have become a little bit complacent. That's really one of the best things about our group is we really do have such a, a wide a variety of people with differing experience levels. So Julie, uh, again, so members, make sure you're participating in the private Facebook uh, group um, and uh, absolutely start uh, reading and listening and getting to know everyone around the country and around the world. We have literally thousands of uh, folks that are premier coaching members. So Julie, please read them a couple of your uh, acknowledgments. Yeah. Okay, so this one cracks me up because I have so many examples of people that, that sound like this, and it only happens to people who actually make the effort and take the risk and put themselves out here. So here quickly from Byron Henderson in Clahaney, Washington. Here's what he wrote. Called a for sale by owner at noon yesterday. No answer. Left a message. For sale by owner calls back at 2 p.m. We set an appointment for 7 p.m. same day. Took the listing paperwork with me signed going live on Friday. He said, wow, that just happened. <laughs> so congratulations, Byron Henderson, for taking action, for following through, for taking that listing. Hopefully that's going to be your next sale. And again, only happens to people who, you know, pick up the phone. And I, I point this out because so many of, of people I've seen post on this Facebook page the same thing, and it's always for sale by owners, expireds, past clients, the typical things that we talk about. Why do those keep coming up? Because it works. Okay, so let's see. We have a quick reminder from Gina. She posted some really cool ways to class up your open house signs and open house support material. Just a quick reminder, allthingsrealestatestore.com. 
our Premier Coaching members get a 15% discount with the promo code PREMIER, P-R-E-M-I-E-R, might have to be capitalized, uh, but that's still going on. You guys need this stuff. You're buying it anyway. You might as well get a discount. So back to you, Tim. Lots of other cool stuff on the Facebook page, but those are my highlights for today. So, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break because I need to top off my coffee because I know you guys want the full caffeinated version of Tim and Julie on the podcast. When we come back, we're going to get to point number one of seven traits of the best brokers, managers, and team leaders. Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris is brought to you in part by Firepoint. The real estate industry is changing, and you don't want your team to be left behind. You know that long-term success is built on staying one step ahead of your larger competitors. FirePoint is built by disruptors for disruptors like you. FirePoint is more than just another CRM. With FirePoint, know where your leads are coming from, communicate quickly and easily with your team, and know your true return on investment. FirePoint is a solution for those who are or who want to be at the cutting edge of the real estate industry. Schedule your demo at firepoint.net today. Okay, we're back. So, Julie, let's talk about this. Let's just jump right in this. There's three ways, seven qualities of brokers, managers, and team leaders. There's three ways to make uh, this podcast practical, applicable to your personal practice. Way number one, suggestion number one, is if you're a broker, a manager, or a team leader, do you have these qualities? So ask yourself these questions. And if so, make the commitment to always maintain those qualities. And if not, prioritize um, prioritize what of the qualities you want you to start to adopting. Yeah, what yes. you have to do. Point number two, uh, does your broker, manager, team leader have these qualities? If not, you may, may need to make these uh, changes. And I'm going to make a little – I'm going to preface that. Um, so you guys might find as we're going through – this list of qualities and characteristics that your team leaders and managers have some of the qualities, but not all of them. And that's typical. And what I need you to do, I'm strongly suggesting you guys be a little bit of uh, you know, totalitarian about this and you need to go to them and you need to say, this is the list of the qualities and the characteristics that you must have. And then I want you to start, uh, this is you talking with them. I want, here's the accountability. I want you to start doing this and this and the other thing. And you have to oversee that they're actually doing what you ask them to do. It's the Ronald Reagan quote, guys, trust but verify. And it's the Tim and Julie quote, you can delegate but don't abdicate. And what that simply means is do not allow yourself to basically be one of these people that delegates and that just assumes it's being done. Because here's the bottom line. I promise you 100% of the time that when you delegate something, if you do not make sure that it's being done and at least manage it or watch it or you know monitor it, it will not happen. People will always go back to being lazy. I promise you. So it's incredibly important that when you're um, forcing your – and I, I look, I'm using very non-PC terms, but let's be honest here. If you guys are not doing a little forcing, if you're not doing a little – uh, what would be the word? Manipulating. If you're not doing the work, a little bit of being a boss, you're not going to have the business just worth anything because no one's going to respect you because no one's going to do anything. Everyone's basically going to just work within your business doing what they want to do, how they want to do it, which usually means they're going to give themselves permission to be lazy. So as we go through this, and I know I'm being direct, but I'm being honest. This is the real real information about how you run a successful business, not this touchy-feely, you know, 
progressive-minded bullshit that's basically seeped into the real estate industry. You have to be a boss. You know intuitively what I'm saying is true. You know intuitively that when you're held accountable that you accomplish more at a high level. You know that you in the past, when you were being watched, <laughs> when you were being monitored, uh, that you have actually accomplished more in your life. Just think back. Some of you are going to have to go all the way back to school, maybe high school, to look to remember when you were basically had a coach that would ride your ass, but look how much more you got done. You need to be thinking and realizing that that is how most people achieve at the highest level. There is no such thing as a completely delegated business. There's no such thing as a business that produces passive income. Those are just lies. Every business is going to need monitored. So as we're going through this, what I want you to do is I want you to use this as the overlay to give direction to your staff, to your key uh, team members, to your key, you know, whatever you want to call them, office managers. And then what I want you to do is I want you to hold them accountable to it. I want you to set up conference calls where they're going to basically be reporting back to you on a regular basis. If you're asking them to hold their interme or their uh, subordinates uh, accountable, I want you to do it on a uh, coach. I want you to schedule, make them schedule their calls, their accountability cars, calls with their subordinates on some sort of medium that allows the call to be recorded, and I want those calls to be sent to you so you can listen to them. That's what I'm talking about. This is actually how you manage people to perform at the highest level. Now, what you'll find is if you have the wrong person in the position, they will fight you. They might agree, oh, I'll do it, sure, that makes sense, but then you'll notice they won't do it. When you run across somebody like that, you have to fire them. You cannot try to make them, uh, you know, you can say, listen, this is the corrective behavior you must take. You must take these steps and put them in place. And if you see that they don't do it, they won't do it. They're just testing you to see how far you're going to basically try to be a boss. And those are not the kind of people you can have around you. You need to just get rid of them. That's it. Maybe you put them in sales. Maybe you put them in a position where they're not going to be in leadership. But people that are in leadership, they, the really good ones, they want to be held accountable. They want to be given uh, acknowledgement and credit for what they accomplish. But it's really, really difficult to find somebody like that, and, you, and you're going to have to sift and sort through a lot of folks. Don't just try to take somebody who you like, who is your friend, and try to hope and pray that somehow they're going to step up and they're going to be a great team leader. And they won't be. And most times they're going to be the worst decisions. Nepotism, which means basically you're hiring your friends and family, worst way to scale a business. So, guys, listen, a great book you all should read is Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing. You should write that down. Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing. So as we're going through these rules, I want you to remember where we're coming from when we're presenting this information to you. We want you to make a profit from your business. And from that business, we want you to reinvest that profit so you can produce passive income so you can be rich. We do not just want you running a business where you're running transactions through your, your brokerage or your team, where at the end of the day you have no profit. You must accept the fact that if you're running a business that produces less than, you know, most of you guys are, who have teams and brokerages, brokerages on average make less than 5% before taxes profit. Most teams make around 10% before taxes profit. We have got to, as an industry, stand up to that huge, crappy net margin. It is not acceptable. It doesn't have to be that way. It's because the industry has condoned bad business practices. And what we're here to do, what we're trying to do is bring some sobriety back to the real estate practice, real estate industry, so that people can actually start running profitable real estate businesses again. And it starts with you. It starts with the brokers, the office managers, and the team leaders. So yes, we take a different approach. 
We take a stern business approach. We take an approach that basically maybe some of you guys would call old school. And guess what? It's the approach that works. So just listen to what we have to say. Write these points down. And do not be afraid of holding people accountable. That's the main thing. So remember that. So if you're a broker running your own show, adopt and adapt these qualities to be a great leader yourself since you are the leader. So you know, I just want to set the stage there as we go through these points. These are Tim, classic Tim and Julie points and that they're honest, they're to the point, they're practical and tactical. Julie, go ahead with point number one. That's right. So point number one, a great broker, manager, or team leader stays on the front lines. They stay, as you say, frosty. They are not complacent. They know that inaction is an action. They know that inaction is an action. Now, some examples of staying frosty. For example, they stay selling. They know what you're going through because they're going through it themselves. They stay in front of their salespeople at all times. They don't hide out from you. They have open office hours. You can use schedulewonce.com, for example, to actually schedule those reliable office hours. They create an office environment which fosters education and growth of skills, masterminds, reading lists, TED Talks, exposure to other successful people and companies, even if they're sometimes outside of the real estate space. And Tim, I have to bring up a salient example. Brokers who are saying that the instant offer model, for example, is just going to be a flash in the pan and saying, oh, don't worry about that, not dealing with that. Well, that's not a broker or manager or team leader that's staying frosty. I mean, it doesn't take much to get caught up on that. So I just had to throw that out there since that's our – And by the way, the by the way, yes, that's an excellent point. No, I agree. And that's a really good example. And here's the other thing, Julie, along those lines. How many people listening right now, the tens of thousands of you listening right now in replay, think the instant offers thing, the open door and the offer pad and all the other companies that are going to come up that are in the same space? How many of you guys think that they're buying the houses for wholesale? How many of you are telling your agents when they learn about these things that, oh, you don't need to worry about them? They're just buying the houses for wholesale. The way you compete against them is you basically just go in there and say to the seller, Mr. Seller, why would you want to sell your houses wholesale? I can get you X percent more. How many of you believe that's true? I hear it all the time. Well, how? here's the bottom line. Go to opendoor.com, click on a couple buttons, and you're going to see that they are buying the houses for retail minus 7 to 8%. They're buying the houses for retail minus 7 to 8%. They're netting the seller the same, if not some cases more, than what you guys can net them. So if you're not frosty on that and your agents end up knowing more than you do, as is the case with all of our listeners, you know they know what's going on because we warned them about this starting two years ago. By warned, I mean trying to prepare them. And by the way, we did create a white paper on this. It is on our uh, website. Just go to the website and just look up you know, open uh, uh, offer pad, instant offers, you'll see that there's links in there. And I know Gina's putting another big article up there today. So we created a white paper. It's kind of crude and rude, but it gets to the point. I just wanted to get it out there. That gives you a step-by-step of how these companies work, how their math works, and how you can build a competing program. And here's an awesome thing. Just yesterday, uh, Julie gets a postcard in the mail from somebody Who's uh, doing an who basically was taking our idea and they sent us a postcard and they did an uh, an offer or an you know open door offer type uh, postcard campaign to their marketplace and they got a ton of listing leads. So guys, trust me when I tell you what we're going to be talking about, what the industry is going to be talking about in a year, isn't so much Zillow. You guys all like to you know degrade Zillow. Zillow is a competing broker. Zillow is a national broker. That is the mindset you need to have, and then you basically can move on. I mean they're there. They're not going away, and they're probably going to get into the referral business as they should, as they're entitled to. 
there it is. The thing that we need to be focusing on, because we know what Zillow is, the thing we need to be focusing on as industry is the thing that no one is focusing on, not really because we're hiding our heads in the sand, is this, is this instant offers type concept. If that really starts to get momentum, which I believe it will, and the traditional real estate industry does not react, which it's not, it's lying, it's obfuscating, it's denying, it's hiding, like Julie just said, doing all the wrong things, then we're going to play catch-up. And I have news for you. If you have to play catch-up, it's too late. So, look, Julie is giving you an idea here. She's giving you – she said it in the first line. She said you have to stay frosty. Frosty means just you're not melting. Melting means you're basically becoming ineffective. They're not complacent. And they know that inaction is an action. That's one of the Harris rules, by the way. So there's no such thing as not taking uh, – not, you know, if you're not doing anything, then not doing anything is, is essentially affecting your agents and your team members. Point number two, my dear. Point number two, a great broker manager or team leader knows that salespeople will never follow you or trust you if you never sold real estate, you never sold a lot of real estate, and or you aren't still in the game on the front lines. And Tim, you often say game knows game. A good salesperson can smell another salesperson from a mile away. You guys that go on listing appointments with salespeople as the seller, you know that because they always give you a hard time. They see you coming. <laughs> so brokers and managers and team leaders, whether they outwardly will tell you or they just secretly know it in their heart, they know that you don't trust them if you know that they didn't sell much real estate or sell real estate at all. There's a difference between somebody who's managing an office who has actually been through and still is going through what you're dealing with versus somebody who just read a book about management. So that's what I'll say about that. Point yeah, no, three, I agree. Mean, yeah. But it is, Julie, that is the bottom line. Game smells game. Game knows game. You guys will ask us all the time. You'll hire us to help you recruit agents. You'll basically, you know, you want to know how to build your office. And then we start talking with you guys. And, you know, <laughs> you guys can imagine how direct we are on coaching calls. I would say on the podcast, if anything, we're too indirect. But when you're paying us and you're asking us to be honest with you, and we start talking to you and you consider yourself a team leader, an office manager, broker, or whatever, and you're telling me your problem is that you can't recruit agents, and we start figuring out quickly that you can't recruit agents because nobody, because you're not truly a leader, because you, you don't have any game, you've never sold before, you've never sold at a high level before, you're not recruiting agents because they can smell it on you. The good ones can really smell it on you. The good ones won't even sit down with you because they have no confidence in you. People want to follow leaders who are leading from the front, not leading from the back, not being passive, not thinking that they can just basically sit back and watch the checks roll in. Hey, guys, that's the reason that the margins in broker just suck. You know, less than 5%, it's around 3%. It's because the offices are filled, the office manager's offices are filled, and team leader office managers are filled with these agents who basically are trying to be complacent. They're trying to lead from behind. You are never going to attract anybody to your brokerage, anyone to be associated with you, if you don't have game yourself. Fact. Because good people want to get better, and good people intuitively know to get better, they need to hang around with people that are better than them. And if you're not, or if you think you are just because you have a title, you are wrong, and they're going to smell it, and they're not going to want to be associated with you. How about that for direct? It's the truth, guys. You know, just save yourself the effort. If you think you want to form a team, but you've not sold at least 100 homes for at least probably five or six years in a row, I promise you, you're just going to attract bit players. You're never going to attract anybody good. They won't respect you. They just won't. And same goes with office managers. Same goes, same goes with brokers. Our industry needs to basically accept the fact 
that some of the folks who claim to be leaders are not leaders because they've never learned how to sell. If you do not know how to sell, if you are not actually do not have an actual six, uh, long-term track record of truly being successful in real estate, I mean, who's going to want to work for you? Nobody will. You know, that's the thing, guys. That's really the reason you can't attract agents is because you have no game. You're not frosty. Now, you can change it. You can turn it around, but it's going to make a, it's going to take a in many cases a massive change in approach to this industry. And the word that you'd have to eliminate from your vocabulary forever is the word complacent. So, point number three, Julie. That's right. Uh, as a side note, related to that, you also shouldn't be coached by a company, organization, or coach who you know hasn't sold real estate. I just had to remind them of that. Okay, Comparacoach. Well, but Julie, that's a great point. Comparacoach.com. Comparacoach.com. Go there and uh, yes, as Julie says, and I don't like it because if I were listening to the show and you know I heard Jill, Tim I or know, Julie starting to. Competitive coach, coach batch. I would definitely coach bash. I would definitely put on my skeptic hat. But here's the simple fact, guys: if you do not interview your coach, who's going to be your coach, and find out whether or not they actually sold real estate, forward slash sold real estate at a high level, if you're not asking those questions, you deserve to have a In terrible this century, experience. Just that's okay. right. Exactly. Enough of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So number three. A great broker manager team leader communicates constantly and clearly and is in, in obvious support of their agents. For example, they have daily meetings, team huddles, mini motivation check-ins. They may have a private Facebook group to share ideas, wins, challenges, and solutions. They use Google Chat on every device to provide accountability and availability. Again, to the point they don't hide out, it's obvious that they're in support of their agents. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to track them down. You don't have to wonder about their agenda. They are there supporting you. And there's a John Maxwell quote that goes like this, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. I thought that was pretty succinct for this point. Anything you want to add, Tim? But Julie, well, yeah. I mean, being mindful of the clock, here's the thing, guys. Why don't you lead? Why is it you're passive? I'll tell you why. I'm just going to put it out there because you don't know how to or you do know how to, but you're afraid to do it. Why are you afraid to do it? Because it's not politically correct. There it is. Because you are afraid to become off as seen as people saying you're a micromanager or you're too dominant or you're too this or the other thing. In other words, it has become – here's an interesting observation. And I know this is going to completely seem weird, but just stay with me, okay? If you look at the big tech companies, the Googles and the Amazons and the – well, Amazon less so, but the big ones, and you look at them, Facebook, there's a good example. Yeah, have you guys noticed how they really go out of their way to try to seem progressive, try to seem like they're big you know, liberal mosh pits? But they're not. What they've done is they're manipulating – they're trying to manipulate their public persona. These guys run their businesses like – I mean, World War II era dictators. They really do. They run their businesses based on money. They run their businesses based on, you know, I wasn't going to say profit because many of them don't care about that, but they run their businesses based on results. And they drive their staff members and their employees like nobody else does. And yet they have this public-facing uh, persona of being these big bastions of progressive thinking. 
guys, it's bullshit. What they're doing is they know that a progressive has a, a, a public appearance of somebody who's being more understanding, more, uh, you know, more forward-thinking. There's all these qualities and characteristics that they're trying to associate themselves with, even though behind the scenes they're running their businesses with an iron fist. The problem is, is a lot of the current zeitgeist about how to run a business is, is based on misinformation about what it takes to, to, to scale those, those businesses. Like you guys think, oh, I need to work on my culture. No, you don't. I need to work on my, my, my teams, you know, this, that, and the other. No, you don't. I need to have these retreats so we can talk about all these other things to basically make it so that we have this big, cohesive, loving, kumbaya-type experience. No, you don't. When you start taking those approaches to business, you give away your profit. And there's no point in being in business if you're not going to make profit. I know it's confusing, guys. It was confusing for Julie and I for a long time, especially when we sold real estate. When we sold real estate, we'd go to the Howard Brenton conferences, and we, Julie and I were Howard stars, and we'd be on stage. We were on stage with all these people that would talk about these big sort of holistic, beautiful, progressive views of their teams. You guys have been in environments like that before. How it's just big, one big loving family. And Julie and I were like, we got into real estate so that we could have profit, so we could buy rental properties, so someday we could be rich where our money works for us and we no longer have to work for our money. We knew that. We knew that much at least back when we were early 20s. That's the reason we got into real estate. Isn't that the reason you got into real estate? But what happened is, is that basically in those environments, which are basically prolific in not just our industry, but all industries, of these sort of you know, big kumbaya type businesses, where that's uh, believed because it's being socially rewarded. Oh, you're just such a nice progressive leader. You're, you're caring so much about the, the, the well-being of your – all those types of words, right? What happens is you give up your power as a leader and you give up your profit. Now, here's what is amazing that's true, and I want you to think about this. I know some of you guys are offended because you're thinking I'm being political, and I'm not. I'm really not. When you guys look to see, for example, where you've achieved the most in your life in the past, where you've achieved the highest uh, you know, anything in your life, it's when you've had outside accountability. I always use Julie as an example, and you know, she had the, the best time as a professional musician when her uh, orchestra conductors were the biggest assholes. I know I personally, when I was in college, yeah. <laughs> it's true. When, when, you're, when you basically are able to, when, you are, when you're achieving the most in your life, it's because you have somebody who you know and you trust as a leader. You don't like them most times, but it doesn't matter. You know, when someone hires Julie and I to pay, you know, they're going to pay 2000 or 2500 a month for us to personally coach them. That's not the premier coaching program. That's for us to be their personal coaches. The first thing we say to them is, listen, we have no interest in being your friend. And some of them are shocked because they think they're hiring a friend. They're not. Because as soon as I become your friend, you are not going to listen to me. You're not going to allow me to hold you accountable, and I'm not going to be critical of you because the nature of the relationship has changed. So many of you guys approach your businesses like you're trying to form these big fake families, like you're trying to form these big fake relationships. You think these people are your family. They're not. They're here to uh, earn a living. They're here to make money. And, and when you reverse it, when you say, I'm going to start running my business like a business, I'm going to start holding people accountable, I'm going to start improving the customer's experience, I'm going to start forcing people to basically get their skills on or they can get the hell out of my business, when you take that approach, you're going to immediately attract better people. Because the best people out there, they want to be led by powerful leaders. They want to believe in the person that they're following. They want to know that when they associate themselves with you, that their lives are going to get better. They know intuitively their lives are going to get better because their own past experiences when they have a stern leader. You guys get the point? You guys understanding what we're getting at here? 
That's what's missing, not just in the real estate industry, pretty much in all businesses. Because the zeitgeist of current business models is this sort of strange, you know, collaboration ideal, form your team and form these fake friendship, family type, whatever. I mean, look how much, how many hundreds of millions of dollars are spent every year on these business retreats and these business gurus that are trying to preach to you some big communal mindset. See it for what it is, guys. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of money where as a team leader, a broker, an office manager, you're going to run off the best people. Great people who are focused on money, who those are the very definition of the best salespeople, focused on making money and being of service to other people, those two mindsets, right? Those people are not going to want to be associated with some big kumbaya business. They won't because they're going to be surrounded with mediocre people. Great people do not want to be around mediocre people. But it's so easy to slip into that complacent mode as a, as a business leader, as a business manager, as a team leader. It's so easy to believe that you can just basically have a business building or a team building retreat. Those are huge mistakes where you give up your power and you're going to start running off the great people. Or people that could be great are no longer going to have the confidence within you and they're going to start giving up. That's what happens, guys. So you need to seriously have the mindset of fighting back. We're going to pick up where we left off today, tomorrow. Hopefully you guys like these points. Remember, we're delivering this information to you based on your questions. And if you have any questions for us, feel free to email me, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. If you are a broker, broker, office manager, team leader, and you are ready for the truth, and you're ready for it to be delivered in such a way that there's no ambiguity so you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing so you can actually make a profit and so you can actually basically make a profit and so much that you can start buying, you know, ideally paid off rental properties so you can one day be rich. If you're ready for the truth and you want to consider hiring Julie and I personally as your coach, email us directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com, Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. For the rest of you, remember, anytime you want a coaching call, just go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. In the meantime, any show suggestions, ideas, or topics that you think we should be covering on the podcast, please feel free to email either one of us. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.